Do you have a favorite episode on this series? I would love to hear which one it is because I could never decide. This series has become a family like no other. And sometimes this family grows through referrals. Thank you, Coach Annie, for this introduction. And on this special episode on trauma, Dr. Jennifer Blanchett is here to teach you more on how trauma, our nervous system, and mental health are all related. And if you hear my voice, you have made it back to another episode of A Mental Health Break. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancey, and author of the books, Mental Health Week and Mr. Lancey Talks Mental Health. This podcast is all things mental health, where I sit down with a new mental health advocate or professional to share their story on mental health. This week, we have an advocate and a professional, so stay tuned for a value-filled show. But before I bring her on, I would like to share that this episode today is going to be brought to you by Tampa Counseling and Wellness, and they're dedicated to helping individuals looking to positively transform their lives through compassionate counseling and wellness coaching. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, or other mental health issues, please call for a free consultation. Their therapy that inspires change and their phone number and website is in this show description. If you are brand new to the show, I created this platform when I was 21 after I suffered a traumatic brain injury. I was the victim of a hit and run accident while on foot. And after going through the experience of early recovery, I realized mental health had to be at the top of my priority list. And that brought us here today. I battled some trauma, but today's guest, that's what she focuses on. She helps you find meaning in your life by discovering how your brain or trauma has changed your life. Her approach is to deeply understand you through listening and asking questions to find goals that will help co-create, get the results you need. She specializes in working with those after a brain injury or trauma as they tend to be committed and willing to show up on these difficult places that they go together. You know my story listening on. This is a very meaningful episode for me to record because it can help a lot of people who were in my shoes in early stage TBI. And of course, trauma does come in many forms. Jen will go over that today, but with four degrees in psychology, including a doctoral degree in Christianity and psychology, she offers a lot of value. Buckle up and let me bring her on, Dr. Jennifer Blanchett. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to share your story. Would you mind giving our listeners a preview to who you are, where you come from, all of that, and then we'll dive onto the mental health sides. Yes. So I'm a Maine-based clinical psychologist. Like you said, I have four degrees in psychology. I specialize in concussion and acquired brain injury, and I'm also a trauma expert. So I've trained even more deeply in trauma. And you might ask why, because I found that people after a brain injury are suffering from trauma. And I think we really don't have awareness out there about the trauma related to folks' brain injury. And I'm sure Vincent, like you can maybe speak a little bit to that if you're willing about, you know, your, your thoughts on the subject, cause you're a survivor. Something very much I needed was more, not just information, but I wanted more interaction. Someone who like you has dedicated their life to trauma to help you along the way. I really could have used more TBI patients directly because it is great to hear things from a professional, but really there's nothing like hearing it from a source. It's 
it's a long road of recovery in my case, a severe TBI, but we're going to learn all about other forms of trauma. I know I've had guests on this show suffering from child abuse, sexual abuse, domestic abuse, all of these areas. There's a lot of trauma in there, but throughout your practice, what you're working on now, what type of mental health disparities do you come across the most? Yeah. So in concussion and acquired brain injury, so I see the whole breadth of the brain injury perspective. So folks who have experienced a more severe or moderate TBI and your quote unquote mild. So they call it a mild TBI, but it doesn't look mild in symptoms. So some people, they quote unquote have concussion or mild TBI, but their symptoms are changing their lives. Like they don't go back to work, for example, or they have major problems in their relationships. So just because we have the term mild TBI, it doesn't mean it's mild. So yeah. Thank you for sharing it like that. Yeah. Just to put that out there. So, you know, I see what I call the common cold of mental health in the context of brain injury, like anxiety and depression. So those are the common colds. I'm, I'm not immune to the common cold of mental health of having depression and anxiety in my life and even trauma. And I think my trauma has come from the work, from doing the work and hearing the stories of other people. I've had to have my own therapy to work through how that's traumatizing in my body and in my life. So, and I've had my own stuff, believe me, because professionals are not immune to mental illness. So I think that's one thing I'm going to put out there. Yes. Um, and I do, I do my own treatment. I do my own therapy. And so I think I just want to normalize that, that, you know, yes, we're professionals, but we're also humans. And if you're not doing the work yourself, then I don't think you're able to stay present and alive with your clients. I love that response. Absolutely. It has to take a toll hearing and seeing things on a regular basis. I know I can still visually see things from my time in the ER eight years ago with my situation as I started to heal. Certain images, just they're in my head, certain smells and, you know, images, I guess, seeing things. They're not triggers, but they remind me of kind of the darker days. And it is good to see how far everyone comes and someone in your shoes, you don't just see one TBI, you're hearing a whole bunch of different situations and it can, it could definitely be draining, I bet. But when did you first decide this was going to be for you? I know you have a lot of degrees, you have the experience, you're dedicated from a kid, college, describe that to us. Yeah. So I might throw it way back. So my mom actually says that I, I maybe was like born this way. (laughs) So she has a memory of me as a young child, like someone in my family was upset. I can't remember quite the story, but I went to bring her a glass of water. So I think it's kind of part of me to caretake, to notice emotion and to want to have someone feel peace. So, and I think that act as a child, you know, okay, I see you're upset and I want to bring you water. So I think from a very young age, it was something like deep within me that I wanted to work with then. Um, I've, I've been in the field for over 20 years as a psychologist for 10. So I've, I've worked in many roles throughout those years, but I think my motivations have changed. And I think most dramatically has been the trauma work and brain injury. When I got to the neuro rehab program where I did my postdoctoral training, I was surprised to have four degrees in psychology and feel like I didn't know anything about brain injury. 
I mean, I had a concept. Okay. I studied, okay. What that looks like, what a concussion is, what a brain injury is, but not really understanding what that looked like and how dramatic that can change someone's life and how you may not even know, like they can walk around and it's the invisible injury because you may not know someone has a brain injury I just call by me. Invisible disease as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just, you really, that's another example. You really don't know what anybody is going through on the inside. I had my face purple the whole night because I landed on my face after getting hit by a car. And oh. people thought that I was fine because my face had healed. But meanwhile, I was awake three, four hours a day. I, didn't know at school I went, you know, my brain was 15, 20 years back. I shared this story often where when I woke up from the coma and I was awake and they asked me what school I went to, I said my elementary school's name because that's where I was at at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's a very scary thing. The work you're doing is appreciated. But I'd like to ask from either your personal experiences and also what you see through your patients, some things that work best for you to stay mentally healthy, for your patients to stay mentally healthy. It can be short or long-term. Yeah. So short-term, if I had to pick a couple, I would say movement is one of the best things that you can do for your brain and your body. So research has been showing that exercise and intuitive movement. Mm -hmm. And I think because I had like to separate those two because exercise sounds like we're manic, like we're having to do something crazy, but movement, I think allows the person to figure out like, okay, yeah, I can take a walk. Like movement sounds good. That sounds like something I want to do. And can you even, I think, get a twofer in your movement? And I'll explain what I mean by that. So can I walk the dog? Because I'm having that connection to my dog, that connection to my animal. And I have a little oxytocin getting released, which is our, our love hormone reduces stress. Can I take that walk in the woods? So Being in the woods, just the act of being in the woods, we know it's calming to the nervous system. So you can't take a walk in the woods. That's a bonus. I'm big into that. I I relay with it. Fitness, exercise in general. Walking, I had a dog when I was hit by a car. It was a puppy too, like not too long. So I really raised this dog into my own and it helped me with my leg. It helped me with my mindset. It really helped me in many, many ways. Yes. And I would say, you know, one of the trauma therapies that I use is EMDR and in EMDR, which is a therapy that processes trauma, we use something called bilateral stimulation and a natural form of that is walking because we're moving on two sides of the body. So we're using two sides of the brain because you have to use your left and your right. Mm -hmm. So in that, I even talk with folks about doing like you know, a mindfulness walk or for folks that are grieving the loss of their brain injury or the loss of an actual person, mm-hmm. a grief walk. Okay. Well take that time on your walk to kind of just be mindful of those emotions coming up. So it's a, pra- a place you can use mindfulness, a place of connection. If you're even walking with someone else, maybe that works better for you, but I think ne- one size doesn't fit all. So the more that you can figure out what works for you, the best. Well said, not one size fits all. Every brain is unique. When I had the TBI, I said it could be a year recovery or it could be life. And that's, it just is what it is. And I've learned that certain areas are lifelong and some I have overcome 
the right mindset, it has to go a long way. And you hit a, you hit a lot of things there that really resonate with me. And I'm sure a lot of people listening on right now yeah. who have been affected. I would say by one more if yes, I could. I would love that. Find your people. Yes. Explain that. So for folks, especially my brain injury folks, I would say I've heard time and time again, especially in the brain injury world of gathering with other survivors. And then for anyone that I've worked with, whether that be a trauma survivor of domestic violence, for example, that you're finding other folks that have been through the things that you've been through. Has to be done. I always in traumatic brain injury support groups in the beginning that I went to me speaking at those support groups. I'm still in touch with some TBI survivors that I had met through Tampa General. It just helps resonate with things because again, like we talked about firsthand experience before, they'll help you put your mind at ease because they may have been through a, such a, a part of TBI that you are going to go through because it does evolve and the things do change. So any piece of advice you can get along the way, take it. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how to get in touch with Jen, how to request her services, how to learn more about what she offers. But speaking of things she offers, what are some things you're doing to raise awareness for mental health? Yes. So something I'm very excited about is starting a podcast. So it's going to be the TBI therapist podcast. Love it. And, and we're going to be interviewing survivors, professionals and caregivers and bringing awareness to such a needed topic. I think that's amazing. I think you need to let me know as well when it airs. I would love to be a guest if I fit. And I would, oh, yes, you help, will. <laughs> I would love to help you um, raise awareness, share some links for you. It's always great to get more mental health information out into the world. With Google, there's obviously millions of pieces of information, but the problem is getting the correct pieces of information. That's why I'm very hard on who I select to bring on this show as far as professionally, because I want to make sure they're giving you information that's going to help you not set you back. And I think Jen's done a great job today. For everyone who's new to the show, I now introduce the spotlight story where I share a story of someone else's mental health, because I want to let you know you are not alone. No matter what someone looks like on the outside, the inside could be a different story. And for today's episode, I'm going to introduce the story of another female mental health advocate and the crisis text line founder, Nancy Loveland. Her text line is an outstretched hand for teens and increasingly adults who are in a crisis. It was launched back in 2013, and it is the first around-the-clock hotline in America to provide its services solely over texting, and it is changing the game for helping young adults in distress. Through word of mouth alone, 350 teens and adults tap to train volunteer counselors on 741,741 every day. And the data from their conversations provides possibilities on how to reach people before a crisis starts in other situations. And this article is back a little bit, so I can only imagine how many um, people they help now. But I did want to share some quotes that I thought were powerful and could relate to some of you. The girl was 13, and she decided she wanted to kill herself. She went to a room in her house with a bottle of pills and started taking them. But as she did, she also grabbed her phone and texted the number. 741741. Within seconds, she received a response from a counselor at an organization called Crisis Text Line or CTL. They asked what was on her mind. As the girl shared her feelings, the counselor offered support and posed key questions. Was the girl alone? Did she have a bottle of pills right there? Yes and yes. 
The counselor triggered the 911 rescue, all while texting the teen. They said, how about putting the pills in a desk drawer and closing it as we text? She gently suggested. Then when the messages stopped, we didn't hear anything for 23 minutes. Total silence, Nancy says. Then a message comes in. Hey, this is the mom. We're in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. I was in the house and had no idea. Thank you. Uh, a lot to say there. Jen, what's your takeaways? Yeah. You know, I think what you started with a little bit in that you never know what someone's going through. You never know what they're dealing with, even though on the surface, everything looks good. But until you really dig in to what's going on in their life, then you may never know. So I always say, if there's any nudge that you have about a friend or about yourself, follow it. Make sure you ask the questions, follow up with that person because they might need the help. And you might be just the voice or person or sign, if you will, that takes them away from the dark place they're in. Life can get challenging. No one's arguing that, but we have to find ways to stay afloat. We've offered some great ideas throughout this episode on how to just do that. And with that, I need to thank you so much, Jen, for making the time to connect with me, Maine to Tampa. We had a great, <laughs> great show today. I love how your passion was emphasized when you shared how long you wanted to be in this field that your mom said you may have been born with it. That's amazing. <laughs> I love your tech, your recommendations because they came from a personal and professional standpoint. I also am looking very much for your podcast. That is going to be awesome. But before I ask you how to find you, how our listeners can get in touch with you, all of that, I'd like your last word. Yes. So something that we say in the brain injury world is never, ever give up. And I think I would just leave you with that because you just might need to hear it. Life is hard. This year has been years we're going on with the pandemic has been hard. And I think to keep going. Thank you for saying that. It sounds simple, but that is exactly that. Something that has emphasized my life. Tell me I can't and I will never give up. It's the way of my life because if I gave in, it would have been over a long time ago. But now, where can these great listeners find you? Yeah, so I'm on all social media. Um, not all, but on Instagram mostly. Um, at TBI Therapist and at TBI Therapist. And you can find me on tbitherapist.com as well. That's awesome that you got those handles. Those are, those are, um, now it's social media. You don't, it's tough to get, uh, I, no I numbers was, or whatever. I was shocked. <laughs> well, you deserve it. You're doing a lot of great work and I want to thank you again for coming on. And while you're checking out Jen's great content, check us out too. I'm at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media and YouTube. My website is vincentalancy.com where you can find everything for this show and on social for the show. We're at a mental health break at podcast by Lancy on Twitter though. So you get updates from all four shows, special offer at the end of Jen's episode. If you email us saying you heard her episode and you want to take me up on the free book offer, I am happy to either Mr. Lancy talks mental health or mental health week, your choice. Let me know. And with that, I want to thank you so much for listening to another show 
and we'll see you next Tuesday on a mental health break.